Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Good to see you guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys were um, were thinking this way, but I know last week, obviously the weather was, sig- if, well, at least if you're asking me, the weather was significantly worse. Maybe some people enjoy uh, 50 and, and rainy, um, but not I. And so, But sometimes you're like, man, I, I just wish that we could transport the weather to today. But I guess it's it's beautiful today. Because it's supposed to be beautiful today, and it was beautiful last Sunday, just in a in a little bit of a different way. Um, so there you go. Uh, we're we're gonna dig in. So we're switching gears a little bit. We're gonna dig into a series, uh, basically the promises of God. And so we we all understand that really a lot of the Bible is essentially a bunch of promises to from God to us, and then there's this bit that, that kind of entails us following for a lot of them and some of them. They're just kind of freely, freely given uh, with, without us even necessarily choosing to follow God. It's, it's, it's evident just in the way we, we live our lives. Um, but there's, there's just this truth, though, that I, I've seen, at least in my life, is that if, if we're going to experience the true benefits of uh, and received really what is promised in, in the age to come, in eternity, uh, then we have to fully embrace and live on these promises. Uh, this is... This is difficult. Uh, it, it's what takes us to a spot that we actually have to do something, and there's something that, that's entailed if we are going to live them out. Um, and actually, so many of these promises that there's a call to follow in the Bible, they're not ones that you can passively just do. Um, I don't know. You think about what, what stuff do we passively choose to do? Well, I, I think eating food is something that right around noon every day, like, man, I, I don't have to think and I don't have to say, oh, man, I just need to eat food. It's like, oh, I, I really, I want to eat food. It's not a conscious effort that I make to do it. It just kind of naturally happens and I end up with a granola bar in my hand and I don't know how it got there. Uh, but, but the Bible's really not that way. So many promises from God are not that way. They're not things that we just passively live our lives and follow. It's an active followership. We're going to look today at uh, a scripture that I would say even the least religious people have heard of before. You can go over to Matthew 7. And there, there's, a few, there's a few of these. It's kind of, there, there's, you know, at different points, or they, there's, you may, they make mention of it in, in different, you know, pop culture stuff. But this is a scripture that we've all heard really since we were young, I bet. Even if you didn't grow up in any kind of faith, I'm sure you've heard this scripture before. The title of my lesson today is, What Do You Want? We're over here in, in Matthew 7, and the, the Bible, it started, we'll, we'll come here in verse 7. So basically what's, what's going on is Jesus is, he just gets, he gets done being tested in the wilderness and preaches this amazing sermon. It's kind of the, the Christian ethics, the best way for Christians to live, and really the best way to live as a whole, and he breaks down, uh, if you if you read through it, it's pretty impressive. He takes the Ten Commandments, or many of the Ten Commandments, 
and brings him up a notch higher. He says, it was said, don't murder. But actually, if you say anything negative about a person, you've already, you've already done it. You're already, it, you can already answer to this, this place, basically. Um, and then, and then there's this, this bit here that explains the heart of God. And there's a promise in here that I, I, I want us to dig into it. It says in verse seven, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. I would put before you that there's so many verses in the Bible that are right on the level of this, but this verse, everybody knows. You, you can read it in a Bible study and even the least religious are like, oh yeah, I've heard this one before. I want to unpack it a little bit because I, I would say that it seems pretty difficult um, and actually a little bit implausible if you'll, if you'll work with me. Because um, there's this promise, right? If you ask, then it's going to be given. If you seek, you are going to find. And if you knock, the door will be open. It's communicating through prayer. This is what's going to happen. But work with me. I, I know that I've prayed things, especially even growing up. There was one prayer that I would always pray. And it was at night, we'd always pray, and I'd pray, God, I pray the Green Bay Packers win every game and win the Super Bowl. And that was throughout throughout my whole child, that was just a common prayer. And you know what didn't happen? The Green Bay Packers did not win every game, and they also didn't win the Super Bowl until later on when I was when I was a little bit older. And so what is this what does this scripture mean then? I, I know that this is commonplace, right? We we ask all these different things and and we ask the stuff, maybe we can say, well, that's a menial thing to ask of God. That's a, not a very important thing to ask. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, you, but I, I would say, let's not throw the, this scripture under the rug. Uh, probably, uh, you know, this, there's another prayer that I would pray. Uh, around the same age, my mom was battling cancer. And I, I, would, I remember she told us, hey, it was, my sister was uh, younger than me, a couple years younger. And I was... Probably, probably about seven years old at the time, and she just said, hey, I, I, I am going to die. Um, and I remember the conversation, and I remember her communicating, Jaron and Ronnie, this is what's going to happen. Um, I'm, I'm going to die. And I remember that I had it in my head, well, if I just pray hard enough, then she, then she won't die. And then I just, I had convinced myself that, I, I don't know if I'd referred to this scripture, or I, but I know that I kept asking her in this conversation around the dinner table, and I can only imagine how difficult it would be, surely more difficult for her to say than for me to hear even. But I remember just thinking, well, if I just, there's, there's always a chance though. If God, if God wants it to happen, I, I, if I pray this prayer, if I ask for it, it's going to happen. And, and you know what didn't happen? She, she didn't end up living, and she didn't end up beating cancer, or however you figure and so I, I, I want us to make special note, not only as we're interacting with people, um, but also for ourselves, that we don't just, what it, well, that, that, that's, that, that's a, 
oh, you're not asking the right thing, or you're not asking the, the best of God. And I would say that certainly the Green Bay Packers winning the Super Bowl is probably not asking the best of God, but I think it's a pretty worthwhile prayer to pray that, that your mom continues to live. Um, and so then why is this verse even here? What's the point of this promise? If we understand just in our everyday life, it's not always answered, or it appears to not always be answered. And I would say that it's this, that the truth is that baked into every single prayer, either explicitly and directly and obvious or implicitly or in a roundabout way, it's you and I asking God for things that we really, really need. Every single prayer that's ever been prayed, you think about the worst of the worst and you can go down whatever list or whatever darkest place you were in or somebody you know, and they're calling on the name of God. And I would say that they're asking God for something they really, really need, just maybe in a little bit of a roundabout way. What do I mean? So when when we're praying, God, give me a job or give me more money, or we're praying for wealth in whatever which way, what we're really asking for is for security, right? We understand that money is just paper and the numbers are just in a bank account, but what we're praying for is security. So often when, when we pray for a relationship or for something to work out, and, and not in every situation, but so often what we're saying is, God, I, I attribute so much value to this person loving me. And, and so there, there's a value that we're searching for, deeply searching for, that's baked into these prayers, even ones that we would say, well, they're not, they're not the most noble of things to pray. When we're, when we're asking for, uh, for the, the Packers to win the Super Bowl or when we're asking for God to take something away from us, what we're asking for is for peace or enjoyment. And, and so I, I want us, I, I hope you can see that every prayer that's prayed is actually, we're, we're praying for what we really need. It's just in a roundabout way so often because it says that God is our refuge and strength. It's Psalm 46. Uh, that's the security this, this value thing in Psalm 17, uh, David's praying. He says, just, hey, keep, God, keep me as the apple of your eye. And then we, we know Philippians 4, it, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so there's these things that we're praying for and we're doing it in a roundabout way. The goal, I would say, for you and I then is to bridge this gap or begin to bridge this gap from things that we're praying for and things that we really, really want. Certainly everybody wants security. Everybody wants value. Everybody wants peace and, and to be loved. And we can go on and on. But, but I would say we're probably not asking so, so often for the, the best of things. I remember growing up for myself, there, uh, my birthday in second grade, I remember asking, my dad said, hey, what do you want? And I said, well, I really want Pokemon cards. And at the time, Pokemon that was, that was what it was all about. I, I, I was, I'm usually a late follower to these trends, and Pokemon was no exception. My friends were playing, and it, I don't know if you guys remember, maybe I'm just kind of in the perfect age gap where you guys can't relate, but it was without fail. They, they banned Pokemon cards from schools. There were kids that were hiding Pokemon cards in, like, the weirdest places of their pants. There's extra pockets. They, they, had, they, they had, you know, these guys, like, the stuff that you hear about, like in these the, the big drug cartels, like these these guys were doing it with Pokemon cards in elementary school, right? Like every which way they could find. And but so so it, I mean it was it was it was currency basically, and you understand. So Pokemon cards was the thing, and my dad said, "What do you want?" I said, "I want Pokemon cards." 
He said, okay. But instead of getting me Pokemon cards, they, they figured out a, a way. I had a best cousin that lived in Kansas City at the time, and she's a few years older than me, so she was in sixth grade. She was my older cousin. We were the best of friends. We spent all the time together. We'd get in trouble so frequently, and we, we couldn't even sit together at the lunch tables. But I, it, there wasn't any thought that, oh, it'd be, it'd be really cool if my cousin would come. I wasn't even thinking that way. I was asking for fun in the way of Pokemon cards, and yet my dad, I remember we, we drove to Milwaukee. We were in Madison at the time. We drove to Milwaukee, and I'm like, man, what? Is there some cool Pokemon cards here? What is going on? I had no idea. And sure enough, we, we pick up my, my sixth grade cousin who had just flown on an airplane, which is kind of weird, but there you go. And, and it was the most fun thing. My dad didn't answer my prayer at all. He didn't answer what I asked. I got I, dad, I, I want, I want Pokemon cards. He didn't answer that. He said, no, you're, you're not asking big enough. I'm going to give you what you really want, which is fun. And there you go. I think for you and I, when we're asking God for so many things, what we're, what we're really asking for, we're not asking big enough. We're not asking for things that are actually going to sustain us. So I, I would ask us, what, what do you really want? And, and certainly, there, it's, it's great. I think it's great to ask God for menial things. I really do. Like, there's so many times when I can't find something that I'm like, God, just show me where where this is. We're looking for the keys. God, just give me the keys. I don't know where they are. And so, without fail, it happens. And so I think it's fine to ask God for that, that stuff. But I, I would also say as we just continue to call out to him in prayer over, over the length of time to really question, what do we really want? When we're asking for a job, we're asking for security. Okay, God, give me security. And I, I think it's through a job, but show me if it's through a different way. And so then what does it look like to to trust God then in, in this way. We're talking about promises of God. We just kind of broke down the scripture and now we got to figure out, well, how do we trust it? What does that look like? Well, I, I think it's it's baked in here in, in um, you, you can go to Luke, uh, go to Luke 11, kind of a parallel scripture. There's certainly times in the Bible, at least that we read and at least on paper and people would argue one way or the other. We're not going to do that today, but people would argue there's times when God decides to, change up a little bit, or he changes his mind. Never changes his heart, but he changes his mind. There, Moses pleads with God, and it says in Exodus that God relented, or uh, Hezekiah in, um, in I think, 2 Kings, he, he prays to be healed after it was prophesied that he wouldn't be healed, and he ends up being healed. And so we have a little bit of that, but let's not, let's not uh, bank on that as we're praying for this, that, or the other thing. God, change your mind. But what's always going to be true is if we continue to call out in prayer that we become those who are changed. And that, that's, that's really the intention. That, that's what this trust truly looks like. It, it says in, in Luke eleven five, and this, I, I think this is difficult stuff. Um, it says, Jesus said to them, so he just kind of gives the Lord's prayer that, that we, we learn about in Luke eleven five. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And then drop down to verse 11. Which of you, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? 
Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so we, we have this scripture, and it says that there's this interaction. It says, of course it'd be known this. So somebody comes, and obviously they didn't have telephones, so maybe you weren't prepared or whatever, but it would have been crazy for anyone not to just give some bread, and not because of friendship, but just because that was the normal thing to do. It's the very hospitable culture, and so I guess I got to give bread. And so not on the basis of friendship, more so just on the basis of, I, I want I want you out of my face. Uh, we we um, maybe you've had interactions like that with people. I don't know, but hear me now. So if God is so good, why then it, it almost can appear if we're reading this, it, it, it can almost say, well, why do we keep asking? Why is you know there? Why do we ask and never give up? What's the point of asking? Surely you guys have prayed the same thing over and over again, and maybe not gotten the response that you've wanted yet. But there's this promise that if you ask, you're gonna you're gonna get what you what you ask for. It can seem like, and I don't know if you guys have ever been there, that God is maybe holding this this you know little toy or something above your head, and we're just little here, and we're jumping, and we're jumping, and we just can't grab it. And and but I would say that's totally outside of what who who I understand God to be. Uh, you know, I when when Jordan, the seventh month old, when she's hungry, she doesn't have the words to say. We're trying to teach her sign language, but that definitely hasn't stuck, and I don't know if it will right now. The sign language that I understand is if she likes food, she starts banging on uh, banging on the, the seat. Um, that's that's the only sign language that I understand right now for her. But but what we're not going to do is we're not going to wait until she's so famished and absolutely hungry and she's on her last, you know, last little bit before we give her food. Although she can't, she doesn't have the words to say, we're not going to wait for that. And when she's a little bit older and when she can use words, we're not going to wait until she's on the brink of starvation to feed her. And I would say God doesn't do that either. It's just a matter of what we're looking for then. I would say if our prayers are not being answered, we're not praying big enough. If our prayers are not being answered, we're not praying big enough. And, and you know, I, I think about this idea of continually going to God in prayer. And, and really, we're doing it certainly to communicate to God. This is what we're looking for, but it, it changes us, though, doesn't it? I, I, so I, I coached basketball, or I used to coach basketball, um, college team. And two years ago, we were really, really, really good. Like, uh, it was just Division three basketball, but our record, there was... A, time we went on you know an 11 game winning streak and we we were 21 and 4 just like blowing teams out and what what became really obvious though was towards the end of the season the guys got pretty complacent and so what i i mean by that is that there was an understanding that we are just better than every team that we play and so we don't have to bring our best when we when we come play and, and it's, it's kind of a truth in all kinds of coaching and in just about every sphere that you don't really learn when you win, right? And I, I think that's probably true so much in life, but you don't, you don't learn much when you win. And so I surely, without fail, every game we'd play, it went from we were blowing teams out to we were winning games that we always should have won, but we were winning by less points than we should have won by. And I remember in the, the coaches' huddle, we'd go and we'd talk. And it was almost, work with me here, almost a little bit frustrating because we knew that whatever we told the guys, it made no difference as long as it said W on the, on the score. 
as long as we want, it didn't matter that we didn't do this right or the other thing right or we didn't box out, we didn't run the plays very quick. It made no difference because you don't really learn when you win. And so then, sure, sure enough, we, and we kept warning him, you don't stop telling him, we kept telling him, hey, we need to get better, 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 and, and practices were not good, all, all this and the other thing. We get into our conference tournament, and we were the favorites, we were supposed to win, it was at home, like, it was a home, we were hosting the whole thing, it was supposed to be an awesome time, and we end up losing in the first round. And you realize you just, you just can't really learn when you win. When you, when you lose, when thing, things are not going very well, that's, that's when the most character stuff changes inside of us. And that's when there's the most growth. I, I, I think, I would say in our marriage, uh, when I went through cancer, I, I would say without a doubt, that was when uh, our marriage grew the most. Like that, there's no question in, in, my, in my mind. I think prior to that time, it was fine and good and we were growing, but, but really, until I got cancer, that's when I really was like, oh, I can trust Bianca. I can really lean on her entirely. And I, I would say when, when things are difficult, maybe you're going through a tough time or whatever, by continuing to call out to God in prayer, what we're doing is we're changing our hearts to become more like what God really wants out of us. And we're beginning to ask, I would say we're, we're on the path to asking things that we really want and not just the superficial stuff. You know, as, as, I, as I think about this, that's what makes Christianity so difficult, though, isn't it? It's, it's trust me, come and see, please follow, but just follow because I, you gotta, you got to trust me. you got to trust me, it'll work. One of, the, one of the things that I've begun doing, and this is, uh, it's, it actually calls me to have way more faith, even as I'm saying words, but I've begun, and not in every way, but I've begun praying, uh, if God is not bound by time, then what I'll do is I'll pray as if something has already taken place. So on the last week on the way to the inaugural service, I was thanking God for the awesome weather at the inaugural service. As, as the rain was coming down and I, it just took everything out of me. I'm saying, God, thanks for this service. Thanks for the weather and how awesome it was. And I would, I would give you guys the same kind of challenge. I don't know if you guys do that, but this is the calling out to God and continual, God, I, I'm looking forward to this time. And I know it's going to happen and I'm totally trusting it. So what's the, the big takeaway? I, I would say the, the big takeaway for you and I is to begin to work to close this gap between what we're asking for and what we're really asking for. What I, what I mean by that is in, instead of Again, asking ask specific things, surely, but I, I believe the more that we pray and the more that we become comfortable communicating with God, we're, we're on this path to be those that, that are very aware that, God, I, I'm feeling incredibly insecure. I need security from you. Show me the security from you. God, I, I feel like I am the lowest of the low. I, I'm, I'm just the worst. God, I want to get my value from you, though. And as we, as we close this gap, we're going to be those who live lives that are outrageously attractive, but we're going to be those who live lives that are, are truly in touch and in tune with, with God's Holy Spirit. I would, I would challenge us all at some point this week to make a list of what you think you want right now. Um, and maybe there's just three big things just that you really, really want 
right now. I know for me, honestly, the thing that's on, at the forefront of my mind is I really, really want this church planting to be successful. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's mostly because of God. Uh, I would hope the overwhelming majority is because I just, I love God and I know that people need to hear this. Um, but I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't some that I want to appear to be really competent to other people. I want to be really strong and I want to look really smart and I want to look like I have everything all together as being some part of the, the reason why I want this planting to be successful. But I, I will say that the more that I've prayed about it and the more that, that, that I've come to different conclusions, I will say that, that this desire for the planting to be successful has increasingly become way more because of God and way less because of me wanting to be successful. I, I, I'm not there yet, but I want to get to a point where I'd rather just get fired, but this planting is, just blows all the way up than, uh, than for me to, just me to stay implored and me to appear successful and yet for there to be so many lost people still in Kalamazoo. That stuff only comes through prayer. That stuff doesn't come through just deciding to, to change. It only comes from calling out to God and it changes our hearts certainly. And this gap is beginning to be closed between what we're asking for and what we really, really want. Um, right now, I'm going to ask Karin to come up and he's going to pray for communion. And as, as we do that, I'll, uh, there's a the basket right here that I'll, I'll pass out to everybody. But as we do that, I, I would just ask that we really call out to, to God in, in our heads and just ask him, hey, this is what I really want right now. And remember the gratitude, have gratitude for Jesus who died for us and even gave us this opportunity that we could come with so much audacity to God. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Saving souls.